Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Thanks again today for joining us for another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we like to do that through the worlds of, of sports, of music, of comedy, of books, pastoral testimonies, and the like. And today we get to do that through the lens a bit in sports with Ryan Carr. I don't usually say this, but I'm going to say this. A new friend. I feel like we've connected well already. And I, I don't like to use the word friend lightly, but man, just even knowing you got ties to some guys I know from Springfield and over to IU, Mighty Hoosiers and other things like that. And just, we both share a mutual friendship with Clark Kellogg. Um, and uh, I already can tell there's some books I think I want to look at in the back, the background of yours. I see a, the word dad. I see images. Oh, yeah pictures i almost want you to start pulling stuff apart we'll just we'll make that the podcast we'll we'll pick like some books you've got back there and whatnot but uh ryan carr vp with player personnel for the indiana pacers welcome yeah thanks jeff i i'm i'm super honored to for you to even ask to do this i you know once once you reached out I've, i went back and listened to several of your episodes and i mean I'll do my best to live up to your previous uh, guests who have filled me with life. And and especially recently, I know you had Clark and you mentioned we're mutual friends. One of the people I look up to the most on, on this planet and, mm. and somebody who's meant a lot to me, a little bit he knows about, maybe even more that he doesn't even know. But I was able to work with him for a few years and and just get to know him. And he's been amazing to me so any friend of his i mm. think i told you this on your first communication yeah. if you're a friend of his you're definitely a friend of mine so uh, i've i just been looking forward to this and wow. getting a chance to be with you that's humbling that's an honor you know what's interesting it's so funny because you know i live two hours away from the pacers arena it's not banker's life anymore what is it now yeah get gainbridge Fieldhouse. i gotta say this out of the gate let me let me file a little complaint here i love my, my son alex and i over the years have loved going to Pacer games, but you know what's driven me nuts over there is it started out, I don't know if it was Starbucks, but whatever that store tied to the gift shop is, that thing has changed so many times. Like it always ends up being something I like, and then it changes again. I'm yeah. hoping at some point, I've really become a big fan recently of uh, McAllister's Deli. Maybe they'll, oh, make yeah, it, me too. maybe they'll make it McAllister's Deli for me. Yeah, that whole space now, we just renovated the whole arena. That whole space now is a uh is a our team gift shop so there's no no food new no food space in that little corner anymore so um plenty of pretty awesome we got a chick-fil-a in the arena now though so everybody's excited about that when did that happen uh shoot within the past six months okay yeah so we're we're all excited about chick-fil-a being in the arena uh, see i haven't been to game yet this year i gotta tell richie oh, yeah. smith he's got to tell you me about to come this over stuff. yeah i gotta tell richie smith about that because uh you know we, we've gotten tickets through uh pacer pals and uh, okay. alex went to a game this year earlier i forgot who they played that game but uh he didn't tell me about any chick we, we just got a chick-fil-a first one ever like literally a mile from my house 
It's crazy. Nice. But I'm yeah. going to stop there because we're going to get into Chick-fil-A in another place. Yep. We're going we're to edit one of my questions because I paid attention to something about you that I'd missed. So we're going to get into the fast food thing here in a little bit. But um, okay. let me ask you this. I'm, I'm just curious. Since you said that, we'll, we'll flatter me a little bit more. <laughs> I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. Since you said you listen to several of the podcasts, you mentioned Clark. One of the things people said to me about Clark that they really appreciated, besides his answer when he brought up Chick-fil-A, they said they could tell that he and I had a relationship. Yeah. Olivia Eldridge, who I just had on, some people commented to her out in Colorado that they said, you could tell you and him know each other, which we really Ooh. don't know each other that well. We've had communication like this. We were at a conference together and talked a good bit there. But who was who someone, maybe if you listen to anybody outside the world of sports, you mentioned listening to several episodes. Was there somebody that really spoke to you? Oh, man. Way to put um, you on the spot, huh? Yeah, a little bit of putting me on the spot. Shoot, there, there was... I don't or, even, or in the know, sports world. Some, some of them, I don't even remember their names and, you know, definitely forgive me for, for that. But, but some of the people I listen to are not the people that I, I know, I think, I know you've had different pastors and different people on that. I should, you put me on the spot and I'm looking like an idiot right now. You're totally fine. Not. You can't look any worse than I can look on here sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, but, but I think the overall theme of them that I've loved is just, just the people being obedient and faithful and and wherever they are and whatever they're doing. Mm. And that's resonated with me because I think that's, you know, that's where I've really been pulled over the last year or so more than ever. And so just examples of people in any walk of life that, that are trying to live that out. And Clark, Clark said it best. I think what he said, he was praying to be all that God wanted him to be where he was, Mm. I think is what he said. And, you know, God has us in the body, all different places. And I think the, the variety of people that you have had and the different, again, all the different things they do. And you, you know, you have athletes and coaches and pastors and all kinds of authors, people, music people, and just wherever they are, places that you can never go and I couldn't go and don't know anything there, but there, there's people there and they all, all need to hear the gospel, examples of the gospel. They need to see God-fearing people. And, and I, I just, just the overall encouragement of, of that. So a lot of times I'm drawn to the people I don't know, you know, mm. just to, just to hear. And, and I feel like I, I learn a lot from you know, people that are outside of what my normal life is. So I appreciate that it is kind of, you know, your guests are a little bit from all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I definitely try to stay within the realms of things I'm interested in and feel like I can get somewhat easy access to as much as that's even possible. Most people are not as easy as you are, by the way, Ryan, which I appreciate that more than you know. And I noticed when uh, Jason Romano had you on at the end, you said, hey, if you want to put somewhere in your loop of communication after the podcast, my email, I want to be accessible, which I alluded to earlier. So let me ask you a question with that. So I, I, uh, you'll appreciate this. One more comment with what you said about the podcast. I, uh, I was asked recently, like, what are a couple ways I've really grown in Christ? How would, how have I experienced the Lord in really significant ways in my life? And I gave two kind of obvious answers. One was about I've been blessed to go on a lot of retreats. The second one was, and both equally important, is just my own time with the Lord, that my own time with the Lord daily. Uh, and and I know this is an area you're leaning into as well, your own time with the Lord away, sure. 
in the word, whatever. I said, you know, a third one I'm going to give you. And I, I thought of it on the fly. As I said, I've taped now about 50 hours of podcasts. And I said, the life lessons that I'm having in a one-on-one, maybe two-on-one. One time I had a three-on-one conversation. And I said, I'm getting the best of the best from people I really respect yeah. and admire. And I'm trying to ask questions that haven't been on every other podcast. So I'm trying to really refine that. And I said, they're pouring into me. If it does nothing else but yeah. ministers to me, keep signing me up. Um, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I'm, you know, you're not, we're not supposed to be envious of people, but this is, you know, as I'm driving around and every nowadays, all I'm doing really is listening to podcasts and I tune, you know, just like tune into yours and others, Jason's great pastors and, and different things, but all try to be totally life-giving, just trying to saturate myself with truth and yeah. people that are like, I, I, you'll probably hear me use the word obedient and faithful a ton. Cause Amen. that's just, I think the most important thing that, that we as Christians can be particularly in this day that we're living in. And so, yeah, any, any examples of that, like for you, totally like you're, you know, to be able to talk to multiple people, I just know when I grab coffee or something with a friend or, or whatever, and you walk away just, you know, whatever burdens you were carrying before, just a little bit lighter. Amen. And uh, what a, you know, what a blessing how God, God has designed us. We're supposed to be yeah. doing this together. You know, particularly, I know that, that you do a lot with men and that's also where my heart is a ton is, is man to man. I just, I just know how dumb we can be. Right. And how, you know, how many bad decisions we can make and just to have wisdom for each other and, and accountability is, is something that I just, I just believe so much in and know that I need myself. So yeah, you, you are blessed to, to do this and, and be able to talk to all these people. Amen. Well, we're going to get to the men thing in just a minute. I wanted to say, it was funny on the way up here. I was kind of just, I made a phone call to one of my pastor friends and I just said, Hey, I, I need you to listen to this podcast later. I hope ours is equally good, but Jason and Ryan Carr, who I'm going to be talking to this great podcast. I said, I think the authenticity I was, I was thinking about my, and you don't know this about me yet, Ryan, I'm a bit of a WWE guy. I'd kind of get into pro okay. wrestling. It's part of my testimony from growing up. And these older guys really took an interest in me because I had pro wrestling on the radar and because they were the studs of the school two years older than me. I just got more into it because of them. And it's it's not gone away. People have probably prayed it out of me. God hasn't answered that prayer for them yet. I still follow it a bit. But I thought, you know, if you were if you were a pro wrestler, what would your nickname be? And I felt like the Lord said, take this for what it's worth, you would be Ryan the Real Deal Car. Because you're the real deal. And I'm uh -huh. like, I think if I got coffee yeah. with you, went to Chick-fil-A there in the arena, what I think I see of you, read of you, hear of you, or Jason talk to you about others, you're the real deal. I mean, you are who you are. And I love, and let's get into a little bit of your testimony. I love how it was a little bit later. Yeah. I think sometimes we, we almost feel like people got cheated by it happening later, a little bit later in life. But I think, yeah. man, there's something pretty cool about those testimonies that obviously people would tend to say, I wish it would have happened sooner. But let's get into your story yeah, a little right. bit, Ryan, coming to Christ a little bit later. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll give give kind of the the quick version of it, but I, I had some really really good Christian influences growing up. My two grandmothers, anytime I'd spend the night with them, they would they would take me and my brother to church Sunday morning. And but my my home in itself was was not a Christian home. You know, morally we had high expectations. My dad was a Marine, and and there was a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of discipline and rules and and doing the best you can, all that stuff. So morally it was well, but, but spiritually was, was not very alive. My best friend in high school was a Christian can't, you know, basketball camps I attended, you know, I'd, I'd go with my, I'd go with my best friend to young life and I, I was open to it. I was good with it, but really, you know, basketball, even though I was five foot seven and, you know, weighed 120 pounds in high school, probably that was, that was where all my focus was in school and, and doing, doing all of that had a chance to, this is going to be, a, I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. Had a, had a chance through a high school teammate in Seattle, actually his grandfather. Uh, I wanted to be a coach. I knew I wanted to be a coach. His grandfather had a connection to, to Bob Knight at Indiana, uh, ended up being able to go to, to Indiana university as a student and being a manager for coach Knight. So picked up from Seattle, came to Indiana, uh, did that for four years, ended up after that, really out of the blue when Larry Bird started coaching the Pacers they needed a a intern a video intern to break down film got got hired in that position next year was full-time then had an opportunity to go coach in college which was always my dream went to University of Texas El Paso for four years as an assistant coach Uh, a little bit up and down in those four years but Larry had retired from coaching and then ended up coming back to run the Pacers and and called me up and, and gave me an opportunity to come back to the Pacers in 2003 as a scout. And it was during that year, it was it was March of 2004. So right before I turned 30, I was my my favorite school growing up. Uh, was the University of North Carolina. When I heard and you it, say that, by the way, I, it, it tore my heart up because I was not a – even Jordan, who I happened to meet one time, I'm like, oh, Carol, they beat all yeah. my teams. I love the Hoya team that they beat in the Final Four. So mm. I loved everything about you until you said that the one time I heard you say yeah. that. I'm like, oh, Ryan, don't do that to me. Yeah, I know. I know. I just – my best friend in high school, his, his favorite team was Duke. So we were always back and forth on it. But, yeah, so I was going to finally go to my first game at the Dean Dome and and throughout the years, and I'm even leaving more re- actually some really other important Christian people in my life that all these seeds have been planted, seeds have been planted. But so you know, I've got this this job that I can't believe I have. I'm going to my first game in a place that I mean, it was you know to go to a game at the Dean Dome for me was was really huge. And I just I remember they were playing Florida State, and I I sat down in the seat, and almost immediately that excitement just totally turned into what felt like a panic attack and just really kind of cold sweats and, and just a little bit of confusion, but really thinking, geez, like, why do I, like, I should be, this should be the, the highlight. This is like, I, I have this job. I can't believe I have, I'm working for Larry, all this, all these great things. And I'm here where I always wanted to come and, it didn't take me, but I mean, sometime probably back to the hotel, kind of all those, all those seeds and all those people, all the messaging, all, you know, all the little, all the little ways that God had dropped people in my life, put people around me. And I, I got to the hotel and I, I just knew like, I was, I, this is it. Like, this is what I need. I need Jesus. I, I know it. So I got home from that trip. My wife, and I still joke about it all these years later, I, I walked in the door from the garage and, 
And I, I just told her, like, the first thing I said to her, I was like, we have to find a church. And she, God bless, she's was all for it. She grew up Catholic, but was not practicing by, by any stretch of the imagination. For me to come home and say, we need to find a church was totally out of the blue. But she was all for it. And we, we didn't have any kids yet at that time. And, and to know me is to know that I can get a little type A on stuff. So I went around and, and uh, met, you know, I was, I didn't know what church to go to. I didn't know what was a good church or bad church, what really, but I just, I just started like emailing pastors and trying to call. And I met with one at a local church who forever be thankful in his, in his office, Greg McGarvey. And, you know, we, said, you know, instead of prayer, I repented and gave my life to Christ. I, you know, was saved in his office, went to his church one or two times. It was just, I hate to say it, church isn't a good fit, but it, it wasn't. And he was so kind mm. and generous enough. He, he suggested a couple other ones and, and we ended up at a, at another local church that we went to up until the pandemic where the pastor there gave so many hours and discipled me, I mean, for a year, for the most better part of 17 years and, and uh, faithfully poured into me and, and so thankful. Uh, he retired during the pandemic. And I think during the pandemic, just so many things, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Like, you know, you hear, but just a lot of different things with between our kids' school and and being able to go to church. And I had come off of both my, my parents passing away with, within about six months of each other and a little bit of that. And I, I had, uh, in, in 2021 had really, really fallen into this, this deep depression, uh, that I was really battling. And again, kind of like that, that day at, at the university of North Carolina, praise God, the, the message that just is in, you know, that has been, you know, I'm going to say pounded into me, but certainly put into me is to, is to turn to him and, in, in you know, crises. And that was the same thing in that depression. And that's where, like you alluded to like time in the word. And I think my, the uh, seriousness and the depth and the love of doing that was born in some really dark days when I was just battling and hanging on with everything I could to, you know, to do what I needed to do to be a, a husband and a dad and do a great job at work. And, and uh, when I was struggling, so, you know, when I get, you know, my, I think my, my greatest sin that comes out is fear and anxiety. I think that's, you know, I battle it absolutely every single day in one way or another. And the truth, the word is, is, you know, that's what battles it. There's, you know, we can, talk about this now or later or any time. I mean, the, the most important message, you know, I think in our, our society is everybody runs to as far away from God's design as they, as they can in order to find healing and self-worth and all this stuff. And man, you just want to grab people and say, there's only one way like that, that hole that I felt in Chapel Hill or that hole that you feel when you're depressed or anxious or fearful or whatever it is, there's only one way we're designed by God for him and that hole there. And, you know, we'll go deep right away into the, into the podcast from the start, but that's where it is. And I, I think, Amen. 
it's the way to to put to rest the anxiety and fear of eternity and 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 find your place and all that different stuff and we there's so many different tangents of this that we could oh. we could talk about and I feel feel so passionate about because of I don't want people to feel what I have felt I don't want my kids to go through what I what I have have gone through and you talk about coming to faith later and some of the the challenges of that I think of not having that built in from the start is stuff that, you know, Kim and I have felt strongly before we had kids, like, you know, let's give them a, let's give them a better start. Like, let's hold back a lot of the generational stuff. Like if nothing else, if we can just kind of hold that all back for them to get a clean start, and man, what a, what a blessing that, that, uh, we can be for them, uh, whether they even know it or not, but, you know, that, that, that's some of it. That's, that's some of the things that come out right away that I'm passionate and just honest about. I love where you, you just, it feels to me like you just stay in this space of like, we haven't released it. So I won't wrap the person out, but we had someone on here one time that I interviewed. I knew that I'd have to rein them in a little bit. So I asked them a question. They went for 23 minutes. And it was like, I don't even know where to go with this now. So I cut them off. Yeah. Person who was very gracious about it, whatever. But with you, this, this soundbite here was, there's so many powerful things in there. And one of the things that really strikes me, and I've, I've heard you talk about it before, but this whole going to North Carolina, which was your place, they play Florida state. Yeah. And in that moment, if you would have drew it out ahead of time, you would have been like, no, I'm not even going. Like, I don't want to go there and miss this opportunity what i've been dying for and want this great fun life-giving experience and yet your whole life's been changed in so many good ways because of it you talk about the depression it seems like maybe you, that it started several months before jason actually interviewed you let me ask you where are you at right now like if you as much as you feel comfortable sharing that where, like, yeah. where do you see yourself january end of the month 2023 where are you in that space ryan yeah i I think I'm, I think I'm doing okay. When you're going through something like that, you're, you want to be delivered from it immediately, right? Like you want it out. You, you want it gone. It's horrible. You don't want to do it. I think that what I learned through that was patience Mm. and that if there's going to be sanctification through something, and we, we talked about this just a little bit before we went on, like, in my experience, the times of most growth, sanctification, this is true in athletics, this is true spiritually, I think, as well, is when there's pressure. As long as you have the right posture and you're dealing with it how we should deal with it. So I, I think in, you know, I would say from March of 21 to I mean, there's a couple months and we were all in lockdowns and all that stuff. We weren't traveling very much. There was probably, I don't know, six months of it where it was really, it was really difficult, but it developed habits. Like, Mm. you know, Hebrews 12, 11 comes to mind. Like, you know, it talks about delayed gratification and, and pain producing change. And it's so true. So our pastor just talked about this in church, like, suffering is is talked about so much in the bible right like it's we're we're not like told it could happen we're told that we will have suffering mm-hmm. and we're we're told to be joyful in it which sounds ridiculous but i will say even in the in those days 
it took me some time to understand what was even happening. There was a there's a depth of my faith that was being developed that would have never been developed had, mm. you know, I've been skipping along happily every day. And so it's hard to say, but I'm really thankful for it. Like, I'm really thankful because I can be here and, and say that, you know, this is this is by the grace of God, how I dealt with it. And we could also talk about the fruits of it, mm. which I which I am just starting to really see. Amen. My life in these past two years has has changed a lot. I'm thinking as you're talking, one of my one of the early books for me in my faith that really hit hit a chord with me in my probably my early twenties was a Max Lucado book called On the Anvil. And it's not one of his more famous books. This was, you know, years ago. But I, I think about that that theme and that idea of the book a lot about God is going to put us on an anvil, and that's where the good work's going to be done. That's usually going to be hard. It's going to be painful, much like you're alluding to. And I feel like God's saying to me, like, one of the things that's great about you, Ryan, is you continually stay on the anvil. For me, it's like, okay, do I need to go back on or am I off? Like, I'm willing to go off. Like, be easy on me, God, now, because I, I know I'll be back here soon, but, like, I'm coming and going. Where with you, I just feel like it's like, all right, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying on the anvil. So if that's true, talk about some of the fruit you're starting to experience. Yeah, well, in this time, there was so much change. We ended up changing churches to a church that was open, a smaller church that actually my kids had had started going to their youth group through a friend. And the kids were, I mean, they were coming home learning things and with understanding of things and that Kim and I were just blown away by. And they were freshmen or yeah, freshmen in high school at this time or sophomores, maybe freshmen, yeah, I think freshmen. So we're just sitting around we're doing online church a lot and all this. And we ended up, up going, I ended up seeing an interaction. This is a little bit, it, it all ties together, but so the pastor's son had befriended my son. He was a senior a little bit like your WWE, but he was a he was a senior star athlete. I mean, stud of a kid. I didn't I didn't know anything about him, but my my son is a manager of the basketball team at the high school. Mm. Um, he got my genes, unfortunately yeah. for him, because he doesn't get to play like he would like to play. But this senior on the team just totally started. I mean, you could see this relationship. I didn't know the kid. Didn't know really anything about him. Other than I'd watch the interactions before the games, during the games, after the games, Austin would mention this kid, Benji, and and we're just like, who is this kid? And it ended up, his dad is a pastor of this local church, and it was the last game of the season, they lost in the playoffs, and I still don't think, I, I hadn't met Benji or, or any of the family, and I saw this interaction after the game between Benji and who is his dad and the pastor that really, really was a, a touching uh, father, son. The son was kind of crushed. His high school career was over. This, this dad and, it, and, and Austin got home that night and we kind of had a, he was heartbroken and they had thought they were going to win this game and they didn't. It was, it was tough, but I just felt like, holy moly, like I had seen this really kind of cool sacred moment. And, and I asked Austin, my son to, to grab the, could you get, his dad's email. I just wanted, I just, I felt like I just wanted to say, Hey, like I, somebody saw this yeah. moment. It was beautiful. Mm. And I just felt like I wanted to share that. So I send this email and he emails me back 
you know, that late, even later that night, I think, and we end up getting together. He's a pastor of his church. Anyway, it's an expository preaching church. It was more doctrine than I had. I had probably been taught previously. And in this time frame, it just all really came together in terms of understanding the depth of, of the word and how it fits together. And yeah, just, it just fit in this time of, of kind of where I was and what I was going through. And, and so now, you know, been at this church for, you know, a year and a half, two years, almost that has, has really been instrumental in, in really being a Bible teaching church. It, it, there's no big lights or music or anything like that. And it actually grew, like it grew during the pandemic and there's, you know, actually building, you know, there's construction going on to try to fit more people. So I think there was, I think I wasn't alone in, in kind of feeling that. I know a lot of churches lost a lot of people during the pandemic and God led us to a church that that's growing and that I'm just really thankful for what I'm, what I'm learning there every Sunday. So, uh, and then just through my, through work, like just stuff like you reaching out or Jason reaching out, or I did an, uh, another podcast. I'm like, uh, my wife is joking around, like I'm on a podcast circuit, uh, <laughs> that really like just opportunities to be obedient. Like that's, that's all I want to be. Yeah. I, I don't want to deny Christ in any way that what I do in my work, in my family, anywhere I go. And I just, I'm sure there's a thousand ways I still do, but I'm trying to, you know, trying to not do that. Trying to be as, again, like the words that are just like ingrained in me now, obedient and faithful. So a lot of people love, love basketball. And it's just been amazing the past, again, like the past year, some of the people that I've, I've gotten to meet, some friendships I've developed that, you know, people that are so, like I, I mean, not just, I mean, I really look up to the, like, you know, there are places that maybe in 20 years, I, you know, I don't probably could never be, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been good. And opportunities to like this, to, to share my heart, Amen. you know, to praise God. And, and, uh, and again, and then like you said, and you alluded to it, always be open like that yeah. from that podcast with Jason, there's a handful of people that reached out and, you know, I always, always want to, because if, if people wouldn't have been there to help me, then, you know, where, where would it be? Like, you know, See, I think there's two things you're saying as you're talking about obedience and, and faithfulness. I mean, I think faithfulness, I heard a message years ago at a fundraising event where faithfulness was talked about and how much ultimately we kind of overrate it. And in, in reality, it's probably 90%. I mean, I'm 53 years old. I've been doing what I've been doing for, this is year 16, I think. And I say to young business leaders all the time, you know, people who run nonprofits, whatever, in their 20s, you know, heading to like mid 30s. I said, if you just do what you're supposed to do, show up on time, get there early, yeah. send the text follow up, the email follow up. When, I said, that's like 90% of it. People can't do that. And that's everything. And I think obedience that we've kind of made that this like submissive, terrible, somebody controls me, whatever kind of word at right. times. But obedience in its purest form speaks to love for God and being willing to obey. And it's funny that you said that about um, after you were on with Jason, you had a few reach outs. I just really get this strong sense. Even as I was wrapping up, listening to that podcast again on the way up here, I just really sense God's doing something with you, Ryan, where 
you know, you're kind of on the runway and, and it's all laid out before you yeah. and you hadn't even taken off yet. And not to say that, like, I mean, clearly you're doing some significant stuff, but I just feel like God's got, and I hate to use the word more, but that's the only word that fits because more so often sounds like bigger, better, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I just sense God's in the midst because you're being obedient, because you're staying on the anvil. And let me ask you this to get into basketball a little bit. So yeah. I, lo I love when you talk about your grandmothers and talk about being at their house. Yeah. And, you know, for me right away, when I hear grandmothers, I'm thinking cookies being made and, you know, them having their Bibles open, as you've alluded to. If you would have heard the term back then, vice president, <laughs> highest level basketball, NBA, are you like, yeah, Sign me up because I'm thinking through the lens of my 15, almost 16 year old now. He turned 16 this week who loves basketball. And I'm thinking if he knew that was in his future, he's probably like, yeah, I don't care what I got to do to get there. Sign me up. What was that like for you if, if 12, 13, 14, 15 year old Ryan Carr heard that? Yeah, no, there's there's no shot at that. I mean, there's there's no shot of it. There's it wouldn't even enter my mind. I think if you would have told me I could have been a high school basketball coach. I would have been, I would have loved to be a college coach, but if I would have ended up a high school coach, I would have, I would have been fulfilling the dreams of my heart. So for all of that to happen, Jeff is, I, I say it, I've said it, I'll continue to say it. The odds of me winning the lottery, I don't play the lottery, but if I did are way, way better than me doing what I'm doing right now. And, and at the same place I have for 20 years now, even even a couple more than that, going back to doing video before I, I went to UTEP for the people that I have. Like, I mean, are you serious? I came from Seattle. I was the smallest, scrawniest kid mm. trying to play basketball with all my heart and soul, but just non-athletic and tiny with coaches who were probably I, I, one coach, Coach Thompson. I went to two different high schools. I transferred in the middle of my junior year. The one in my first, he'd always say, man, if you could just be six foot, I had no shot of being six foot. So, you know, but these these are still people that that loved into me and coached me and knew the passion I had. And I was showing up before school. At, you know, you talk about obedience. And I mean, and, and we talk, we've talked about faith so far. I'll gladly talk about obedience to trying to do a great job at work and trying to be a great dad and husband, like in all these different areas is one has eternity, you know, personally that, so that's the most important, but all these things are, are super important. So there's no, there's no chance that I could do this. I, I mean, I came to Indiana, there was no chance for me to come to Indiana and work for coach Knight. So then to end up with Larry Bird, like, I mean, I, I've joked around, I, I stole like in our generation, I've stole every, yeah every boy's dream of playing basketball and being around two absolute of the best to ever, ever be involved in this game that it, I've loved since my dad introduced me to it. So yeah, I, I all, I think about that all the time. I I'm so thankful for it. It's really pretty. There's no chance, even no matter how driven I was or whatever, there's no shot that, I would have thought that I would have gotten to this point. Yeah. I was thinking about you saying that and I, I knew kind of where I thought you'd go with that. I was trying to think for you, like, is there anything missing in that equation? Which obviously you're young, you still got a lot to accomplish, but I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll give you one thing that maybe is missing. 
If Magic Johnson calls you up and said he wants you to move to LA and run like his movie theaters or, you know, I think he's still in the food industry. He actually, uh, a number of years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Magic Johnson, who back in those days, Michigan State, Indiana State, Celtics, yeah. Lakers, I was a Magic guy. But I have a picture. In fact, my one of my main pictures on Facebook, I think, is me and Magic Johnson. But he ran the food service that our hospital used. I don't know if they still use them or not. But I'm thinking, okay, if you got to work for Magic Johnson, maybe that's the one little tip of the iceberg that would take it even one step further. But, yeah, you're living a great life. I think I think we're going to kind of dot, dot, dot this. I definitely want more, Ryan. We have not gotten into nearly sure. enough of, of what – I would personally like to do. Let's just get to what are you doing right now? Like I know you talked about the Bible really impacting you in this season of life. Yeah. I've become, and it was very humbling how I got here. God's been really speaking and using the YouVersion Bible app, starting each day with yeah. go figure this out, the verse of the day. Wow, that's at 53 yeah. years old, that's my capacity. Do the verse of the day, watch the video, do the devotional that goes with, and then I do some other things. But what are you doing right yeah. now in your relationship with Christ alone, get away, just you and him? Yeah. So in January, I've been doing a proverb a day. So I've been, that's, that's really been this month what I've been doing. I've definitely, last year, I did the New Testament in a year. And, and really what I do is I, I try to, try to get away. I try to, really focus on whatever that is for the day. And you'll see like on my Twitter, I I typically try to, as I'm reading that, if something hits me a verse and I just tweet it out, there's yep. no great thought or whatever. Just a lot of it is just a reminder for myself, yep. but I've, I've kind of been doing that for the past year or so, for sure. I do a, a devotion with my, my son. One of the one of the really cool relationships I've developed is is with a, a guy Owen Strawn, who is a, a professor of theology at a at a seminary in Arkansas. He wrote a he wrote a, a book. He's written several books, but he he wrote a book taking Jonathan Edwards' sermons and notes and messages, kind of a, a daily devotion. I'm doing that with my with my 17 year old son every day. So we get some time together talking, which I think is something that I haven't done enough. Like God is important in our home. It's it, there's no doubt. There's a lot of always conversation going on about it. But you know, I'm staring at. He has a twin sister. They're juniors in high school. I'm I'm staring at them leaving for college here, and you know, a year and a half, and thinking, geez, like where have I dropped the ball there? So some of, some of that is just making sure that I have some time one-on-one -on -one with him, especially just because I know what he's, he's about ready to get launched a little bit into the world here in 18 months or whatever it is. And, and wanting to make sure that, that we build up as much as we can mm -hmm. in him uh, for that. So those, those are main things I, I've got. I've got Alistair Begg, sermons and MacArthur and I got books. I probably got five or six different books sitting here that I'm at different points in. And Love I think that. I need to just finish one, but you know, this a John MacArthur book, I'm reading 12 ordinary men. I'm almost done oh, yeah. with it. It talks, it's That's really, really good about just how these apostles that we, you know, we, we look up to so much, you know, it really, breaks them down into, you know, they were just guys, yeah. um, you know, and, and I've really enjoyed um, that book. I'm 
I'm three quarters of the way through it, but just learning about all that we can know about the, those different guys and just trying to kind of glean something out of each one of them. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been a really good one, but then, yeah, just, I think over this, over, like we talked a little bit about these last couple of years, you know, there, and then there's just a lot of, I don't know, like uh, I'll just turn to like our pastor yesterday was, was doing some verses for James and, you know, it just sparks like, Oh geez. Like, so last night I'm, you know, find myself kind of going through James one and, yeah. and trying to understand a little bit more and then trying to find out more about the context and, you know, do just way more kind of, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch or whatever, and I'm, I'm done doing what I need to do for work, you know, kind of jumping back in and trying to, trying to learn more and understand more and, and, um, well, you know. there's no doubt it is a living, active, robust yes. faith you are living right now, to say the least. Uh, I, I knew purposely at one point here, I was not getting to the rapid five. So I'm, I've got my <laughs> next date scheduled to podcast. I'm going to be calling you later because I got something else I want to touch base with you on offline and see if I can go ahead and get you in. Yeah. And we're actually, we've never done this. We're actually going to have back-to-back podcasts with you if you'll allow me to do that. Um, I'd be happy to. So we've got, we've got, I know you're out there on LinkedIn. You are on Twitter. Yeah, don't link LinkedIn. LinkedIn is bad. I'd very rarely check that. So at yeah, Ryan Twitter. underscore car 11, right? It's Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So people can find you there. They can head over and get some Chick-fil-A and drive to Washington street in downtown Indianapolis and find you there as well. And, uh, Ryan, this has been a pleasure. I, I just, I feel very blessed to not even say a lot of questions and just kind of receive what God's input. Cause like I said, you feel to me like a guy who you are on the anvil. You're not leaving it. God do what only you can do as Ryan Carr stays faithful and obedient. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, probably a glutton for punishment, but I, I, I just, I just know myself and I, I know that I'm, if he's hammering on me, then mm. that's a better place to be than if he's not. So if the, I've never, never heard that or thought about that, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thankful if he has me there because, you know, hopefully it'll be of some good to, to others. And that's, you know, that that's as, as much as I can, can hope to be. Ryan, have a great day. I look forward to seeing you in person soon and talking more and getting you back on here. So hopefully we can do this back to back when it's released. So have a great day, Ryan. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.